Okay, children, let's start the day with a few new math problems. What is five times two? Come on, children, don't be shy. Just give it your best shot. Yes, Clyde. Twelve. Okay, now let's try to get an answer from someone who's not a complete retard. Anyone? Come on, don't be shy. I think I know the answer, Mr. Garrison. Me, 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 me. Shut up, fat boy. Hey, don't call me fat, you oh. fucking Jew. Eric, did you just say the F word? Jew? No, he's talking about... Oh. You can't say... Oh. In school, you fucking uh, fat ass. Kyle. Why the f? Uh, Eric. Dude, you just said uh, again. Stanley. Ooh. Kenny. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, 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 uh. How would you like to go see the school counselor? How would you like to suck my? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was. How would you like to suck my? <laughs> Holy dude. All right, it's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to a weekend version of the booth, the NFL playoff. Well, it's actually the conference championship version of the booth. That's our special weekend sports intro. Uh, we weren't on this past Tuesday night. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty. We actually went to go live. We were on live, and then all of a sudden I lost all my audio um while we were doing the show we tried to get everything back and we couldn't get couldn't get, couldn't get the show going and we had a special guest on that night and thankfully my special guest you know was able to come back on this morning because you know his his appearance actually had to do with this weekend's game of the patriots against the pittsburgh steelers so i gotta just introduce a good guy he's been on the hoobazoo network for steve's video store carl let the hey nice Nice to be here, man. Good, good, good that you would let some the enemy into your 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 home and and that sort of thing. I, I do appreciate that. You are one of the kinder, gentler uh, New England Patriots fans. I I applaud you for that. You know, and the Pats fans, you know, we 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 take a lot of heat, but we're we're not as bad as uh as a lot of some of these some of these other teams. I've heard the Cleveland fans are. Uh, one of the worst uh, fans out there. I've heard that the uh, the Chicago fans aren't too nice, and I've heard the Philly fans are real, real bad. So, um, Patriots fans, have we had our moments? Yes, I've I've actually been a season ticket holder uh, before Belichick. You know, before Parcells. You know, I was in the stands when you couldn't give tickets away, and the games weren't on TV. So I'm not spoiled like some of these these new fans some of these new fans i'm not gonna lie we have some fans here that they're spoiled they are they've been here for the 20-year reign you know they were little their dads brought them to the game and you know they enjoyed all the success and they're spoiled and you know every little thing is doom and gloom but you know i like i said i've been here when the team was one in seven you know they've had just miserable miserable seasons um, well you know you and i are are both on that because i'm i'm a bit older than you but uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, Steeler fans, everyone thinks since the Steel Curtain and that sort of thing, that's when Pittsburgh started. That's not true. I was mm-hmm. in the stands in 1969 for the first game of Chuck Knoll's uh, uh, reign, and we won that game, and then we promptly lost the next 13 next season. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's it, it, okay. it, and it's tough. It's tough being a you know, it's tough being a solid fan. 
uh, for your team and, and go, go through all this crap. You know, it, it's gotten to the point where I actually was I actually was laid off about two years ago. So I actually uh, allowed someone else that they've had my seats for the last couple of years until I can get things back on track from being laid off. And, um, you know, it's with with this whole thing with high def TVs and and, you know, the, the way that the games are broadcasted now, it's tough to really try to swallow my pride and go back to a game because, you know, you get kind of spoiled at home. You know, when you're a season ticket holder, now it turns into, okay, I've got to go and park at the train station and I take the train because it's easy to take the train to Gillette Stadium than trying to fight the traffic and pay right. the 50 to $60 to park for the day and then deal with another four hours. So I would usually, so if it's a one o'clock game, I would take the, it's like a 10 o'clock train out of Mansfield or a, like 11 o'clock. And then you get to the stadium an hour before the game. And, you know, it's, it's a nice time, but nothing really beats being at home. And like I said, high def TVs has really changed the way we watch. You know, our oh, games, everybody, everybody's got a big screen, you know, and every, I think the average TV now in the home, I remember when we were younger, a, a 19, if you had a 19 inch, you were, you were living large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you true. don't even have computer monitors. You couldn't even find a computer monitor for 19 inches anymore. Your, your average computer monitor is in the 20 or more. And your home TV now, I think, you know, from looking at the prices, the average home TV right now is probably 40 inches or bigger, between a 40 and a 50. So, Yeah, it's like minus 39. Minus 39, and I got it a yep. couple of years ago. Uh, and, yep. and that's fine for me. You know, you know I, I'm, I'm one of those people that just uh, hang out at home. I haven't been to a game in the stadium as far as football for a long time. Now, I'm a baseball fan, so I do try to get to the stadium for baseball. No matter no, no, what. No, no, no. Yeah, I've got you you on here. And and Carl's part of Steve's video store, which is with with Steve Rakio and and Vicky Love. And, you know, they have this very unique show where they talk about movies and entertainment and stuff. But they talk about a lot of these movies that a lot of people, you know, these these movies that people don't really see that are cult classics. And it's funny because I actually thought about you guys um, just last week because – I have, you know, I've been exchanging all of our older TVs out of the house, and they've been getting Roku. I've been getting Roku TVs because Roku has all this stuff that you, that they offer, these apps and things like that. So one weekend, I was going through um, the apps on the TV, and one of these app channels that they had was called Grindhouse Grit. I don't know if you're familiar with the Grindhouse Grit on a Roku TV. No, not at all. Okay, well, um, what it is is I, I don't know if I can pull it up on my phone. Um, hold on, let me see if I can log it in. But you might, this may want you to go out and grab a Roku TV, Carl, because it's free of charge. They have these channels that are free, and they have these movies on these channels. So, like, I have these Roku TVs, and it's Grindhouse Grit. So what it is is you go into Grindhouse Grit, and it's a network of all of these cult classic films like Last House on the Left and, nice. and um, I Spin on Your Grave, uh, um, just all these crazy old school movies like Deranged. And I was like, oh, my God, there's an actual channel for these type of just cult classic. To be honest, back in the day, I kind of they kind of considered some of these movies um, soft porn, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was exploitation. There, yeah. Absolutely. 
Can you give us uh, a little had... background so people kind of have a feel of what your show's about? Yeah, okay. So so anyway, we 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 podcast under Steve's video store banner. And there are four of us. There's myself, there's Steve Ron Quigg, there's Vicky Love. We have a new member by the name of Doc Sludge, a.k.a. Eric. Uh, and, and we all have little uh, um, expertise. Vicky, of course, is the mistress of sci-fi. Uh, Doc is old school horror, Dracula, Frankenstein, Godzilla. He just finished a whole series on Godzilla. Uh, and we, we oh, not nice. only have to see Steve's video store, but we also have our own show. So I now have a show called Carl's Music and, and, and uh, Movie Emporium. And what we all do is is part of my background. Uh, when I was growing up, I worked at a uh, drive-in from 1972 to 1979. Uh, and, and so it's all that drive-in stuff and all the cult stuff. And, 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 and we focus in on specific uh, uh, up-and-coming directors or, or historical, like our next two shows on... Right after this, on on uh, on Geeksportation, we're doing uh, uh, um, an interview with William Griffey, who is an old-time exploitation filmmaker out of Florida, who did things like Death, Curse of Tartu in 1963, and he did Stanley, the movie about uh, uh, snakes that was a ripoff of Carrie, uh, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you know, and all these things. We're doing that, and then on Sunday. On our regular show, Steve's Video Store, we have uh, Mike Mendez, who is the director of Big Ass Spider and uh, uh, the producer and director of one of the segments of Tales of Halloween. He also did a couple of uh, sci-fi movies, uh, La Valanchula and things like that. And he's the new uh, guy who, who uses horror and comedy together. Uh, just like nice. Joe Dante or, or uh, in fact, Tales of Halloween has two great cameos, both from um, Joe Dante and um, and um, uh, uh, the guy, uh, uh, John Landis. And well, I like <laughs> John Landis. Is oh, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, so we have these guys uh, coming in and, and we're doing pretty well. Uh, so and that's on uh, we're on. I hate to say this. I'm on your show on Hoobazoo, but that that's on a, a blog talk. And anyone that's listening can certainly uh, friend me or, or go to blog talk and look for Steve's video store, uh, www.blogtalk.com slash SVS for Steve's video store. And uh, come and join us, and we'd love to have you. And, and you thank know, you very a, much for letting me plug that. I really appreciate that. Nah, no problem at all, man. You guys got good stuff going on there. You got a good, you know, you got a lot of stuff to talk about. Like I said, you know, you you got you got Vicky Love, the mistress of sci-fi. She always has some great stuff to talk about, you know. And I've always hit her up on Facebook. You know, we we go back and forth as friends on Facebook um, over some of these things that we see happening in in real life that we're Absolutely. approaching. You know these these you know these dystropian films that she talks about. Um, we're seeing a lot of automation, you know, that's coming real fast. You know, we're, you know, we've got people that are talking about um, people working at like a McDonald's or Burger King at fifteen dollars an hour, when actually McDonald's and Burger King are just getting ready to replace everybody with kiosk anyway. Um, I actually just went to a um, a Fridays where 
they don't have any more waiters and waitresses. They have iPads at the table. You sit down and you place your order and then they just, the server just brings your food out to you. So here's the deal. There's no more of this, well, my waitress put my order in wrong. My food needs to go back. No, you put your own order in because you ordered it through this iPad. So you've now cut that headache out for a store manager. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of these things where, you know, you're not worrying, half, you're not worrying about your waiters and waitresses having to, claim the tips that they're supposed to get as a manager. Um, you don't have to, you know, you've cut that worry out. Um, Lyft and um, Uber have now, uh, they have um, been bought. They Well, they have, they have investors in Ford and Nissan and Toyota. And everybody who's out there that's enjoying making spare money off of Uber and Lyft, guess what? You're probably going to have it maybe for about three or four more years because these car companies that have just invested in these, once it's perfected, guess what's going to happen? These automated cars, they're not going to need humans to drive those cars. Lyft and Uber and all these other self-taxi companies, they're going to be taken over by the big car companies and people aren't going to be able to drive them no more. And I just saw a scary story in the Boston Herald today that as of as of next month, Lyft and Uber will be allowed to pick up and drop people off at the airport. Why is this a big deal? Because the cab drivers across the nation have been fighting because Lyft and Uber is killing them. It's taking, yeah, it's, it's destroying our cab companies. And these guys are paying 10 to 15 to $20,000 for a taxi medallion, that little medallion that you see in the back of a cab. And, um, one of the only things that they really had left was being able to pick people up and take people to the airport. But guess what? Now that people can take a Lyft or an Uber to an airport and not have to pay a 40 or $50, it's, this is crazy. And we're watching something change right in front of our eyes. And like I said, oh, absolutely. Just think, yeah, just think about it. If Lyft and Uber go automated and go driverless cars and now Lyft and Uber is already going into airports, You've now eliminated so many jobs. You've got truck. You've got four truck companies right now that have automated semi tractor trailers on the road, automated, going from one point to another. <laughs> You're looking at. You've you've looked at drivers now being eliminated from from the workforce. You've also eliminated the biggest union. If you can if you can automate truck drivers uh, driving jobs, you've now busted up the biggest union in the Teamsters. Um, yeah. that's that's just scary and i've loved i i've you know me and vicky have talked about how scary this is and how these things happen and you know it, oh what are your thoughts on that real quick before we get into this patriots talk man uh well it's funny i just i i think we're at a point now politically and socially where we're on on the uh precipice of a a real change mm-hmm. and we're going to have to deal with it no matter what yeah. Uh, and and so it's how we deal with it and how we look at it. And if we look at it negatively, uh, uh, ultimately, it's going to be negative. I just posted an article personally on my my thing where where it comes from a California company and how they're looking at how California is so much different and so much more progressive, both mm-hmm. socially and economically than right. the rest of the country and that the rest of the country has to come and start really thinking like they do. And, and, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, for me, you know, 
I've, I've said this for years. We're living in a Philip K. Dick world already. You know, we're already in the future. We just don't want to admit it. <laughs> you know, and that's my feeling on it anyway. But yeah, yeah, the, the job situation, everything about that is just, it's, it's rough. I've gone through some difficulties too, and luckily uh, I'm getting my feet back on the ground too. But man, if you're a specialist, you're going to have to, you, 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 you're going to have to. All right, we're back here in the booth broadcasting live from the city of Champions. I got Carl back on the air with us, and Carl's back. And before we were heading out, he was going to give his opinion on um, on what he felt was happening with this this climate of automation. And he was talking about California before we got cut off. So I wanted to let him finish his point that he was making about California. Then we can get into this discussion about well, the I, I just did, Steelers. I, I just did a uh, article, uh, shared an article on my own page uh, from this company in California that was saying that we're in a new age uh, of automation and things are changing and we have to adjust to that and with what what California has done not only in uh, uh, its economic ways of looking at things but also its political ways that uh, basically they they consider themselves the leader and that the rest of the country has to uh, go by their example and I think there's a lot to that so you know that's my thoughts on on all that uh, sorry, I got cut off. We have technical problems. I have a droid. We use Skype. They don't usually like each other that well. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back to just calling Kyle by phone like we did with the show. Just calling by phone. It seems like every time we use Skype, um, we have this this issue. and It's weird. But um, anyway, we got to get into this conversation. We got the NFL. This is this is it. This is the AFC NFC Championship weekend. Both games are tomorrow. Patriots are playing at six forty-five. Uh, we have the Atlanta Falcons will be taking on the Green Bay Packers, and a lot of people are picking the Falcons to win this game tomorrow. And 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 my I'm looking at this game. I'm like, look, I got it. Matty Ryan's been playing some great ball. Their defense is on point, but Aaron Rodgers. You know he he's been playing with these elements. Yeah, you're putting him indoors now. They're playing indoors tomorrow. Yeah, it's like you've just you've just boosted Aaron Rodgers' game. This could be the shootout of the weekend. Matty Ryan against this this Aaron Rodgers, this freak of nature right now in these last two weeks. Um, We're gonna we're gonna definitely see one heck of a game. Um, they had some problems containing the run last week, though. Green yes, Bay. they did. And, um, and uh, it, it'll be interesting. I don't follow the NFC as, as much as I follow my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers, as, as well you know. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but nonetheless, man, both Matt Ryan and, and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers just been killing it. And, and the thing is their defense is just like anything else, you know, you're playing different teams, so they have different strengths, and 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 that's you know why you know you have difficulties. Just like the Steelers and and, and Chiefs last week, we didn't get into the uh, uh, we didn't get into the uh, end zone, and it's like why didn't you do that? Well, look at their defense. Look at where we were playing. Look at all of this. You know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, and so so. You know, it's a different game. It's a different place. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. But I agree, it's going to be a shootout. 
There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those games that uh, I think it's going to be, you know, come right. Can, can Green Bay have another comeback and uh, go right down to the wire again? You know, two weeks, three, well, three weeks in a row would be this time now. Um, we'll, we'll see what's happening with discount double check and see what he can do. I know Tony Arnold, who is the uh, one pot owner of Kubazoo, um, he's a big Green Bay Packer fan. He's been taking his Green Bay selfies on on game day with his Green Bay attire and his beer in his hand. And you know, he's all for his Green Bay Packers, but I'm here with the Pats. and um, We're just figuring out what we're going to do this weekend. So who do you like this weekend, even though it's a shootout? Who do you like in the NFC game this weekend? Uh, I like Green Bay. You like Green Bay? I like Green Bay. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I, 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 I think part of it, too, for me, is the sense of history. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that there, there's a franchise that at the beginning of, 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 of football in the 60s, man, they were the team. Bart Starr, there's a sense of history that's involved. And, mm-hmm. and, and for me to see a Pittsburgh Green Bay Super Bowl, that would be friggin' awesome. Hmm. So I'm running, I'm running Green Bay. That's a, that's a that's a that's another blue collar uh, Super Bowl right there. You know that, that absolutely blue, a, a working man's Super Bowl. So we I I, I I'm going with as much as I know it's going to be a shootout, and as much as I like Matty Ryan and the home field advantage, um, I think that Green Bay is. I think Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback, and I think Aaron Rodgers takes this team to the victory, but I think it's, I think it's small. I think it's going to be three to seven points, this victory with green Bay over the Atlanta Falcons. But I think everybody's going to see one hell of a game this weekend. And I hope Roger Goodell enjoys it. I just, I just just want to put that out there. Just want to put (laughs) that out there because he's going to be at this game. I I would say that Roger Goodell and and, uh, the new England Patriots don't exactly like each other too well. Why would he do that? I don't, you know what? Because here's the thing. He doesn't show up to the game this weekend. And if the Patriots win, they're going in the Super Bowl. And he realistically could end up having to, bless you, having to give um, the Vince Lombardi trophy over to Kraft. Let me switch this over. All right, so okay. boys, this is one broadcasting live from the City of Champions. We got Carl back on here. Um, actually, did what he said. We, we're, we're back by phone. With him, and I'm just gonna let Carl get in here, talk about this game real quick before we have more whatever issues we have going on. But I'm, I'm able to get him on, and uh, Carl's a Pittsburgh guy. He's on here. We both actually just we, before we lost him, we actually both picked Green Bay to win over Atlanta. Um, but Carl's a Pittsburgh guy, and we were going to talk about Flugate real quick before we get into the discussion on this game. I mean, how dare you? There's Spygate. There's all this stuff, and you just. You know, you and Belichick and, and the Patriots, you all, all all want to win so bad, you give us all the flu. You know what I have to say to that? <laughs> We're going to win anyway. <laughs> look, you guys have a very tough – look, if this game was in Pittsburgh like it was years ago, even though we did steal that win away to go on and play the Rams in the, in the, in the Super Bowl uh, – you guys are coming here this time. And I and it sometimes it worries me because I always feel like things come full circle for everybody. And mm-hmm. because we, we came and we stole that game in Pittsburgh years ago when Tom Brady was actually took over the helm after 9-11, um, that AFC championship game was played in Pittsburgh. You guys 
just couldn't do anything right. And then Tom Brady gets hurt. And then you have a, a Drew Bledsoe that's been dying to get back in there. He comes back in the game. Uh, and he just marches right down the field, throws a pass. I think a touchdown pass to Troy Brown, I think it was. Yeah, uh, that, I think it was Troy. Yep, to get the lead. And then uh, then it was just history from there. The Pats move on, and they go on and win the Super Bowl. And now here we are again, AFC Championship game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you guys have become like maybe a fourth-tier rivalry to us uh, as far mm-hmm. as rivalries go. Over the years, I remember you guys were coming here, and you guys had Cordell Stewart as your backup. And uh, right. you guys used to come here and Curtis Martin used to eat the ground up alive with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You, you guys could stop all running backs in the league that year with the exception of Curtis yeah. Martin. <laughs> so here well, we are. You, you know, Go ahead. You know, the thing about it is, Keith, uh, and, and i got to tell your, your listeners this, I always joke, I was a Pittsburgh fan in the womb, okay? My parents were big Pittsburgh fans, and when I was growing up in the 60s, they had this this uh, LP of the Pittsburgh Pirates winning the 60s World Series. My dad would make us listen to it and then give us a written test. I'm not joking. Damn. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is hardcore with us, and, and, and I, I, I've loved the team ever, ever since. You know, and as I said before, we were cut off. You know, I remember being at the at, at the uh, Three Rivers when it opened up in the 1969 season with Chuck Noll. We saw him win, and then they lost the next 13. So, I mean, I I'm never not going to be a fan. Now that being said, uh, I think you guys are in for. You know, if you guys think this is going to be easy, that you're in your home home stadium and that, I'd say think again. Because if you look at what the Steelers have done in the last six, well, one thing is we've won, what, nine games in a row, okay? Mm -hmm. Secondly, none of those games have been particularly easy. They've all been scrappy wins, Mm -hmm. you know? And and we're we're the type where, you know, you can knock us down, we get up, dust ourselves off, and we come back at you. And you're going to see that tomorrow, without a doubt. But there's the thing. You know? When you come into Gillette Stadium, there's one thing that I say to every team that comes in, and this is no BS. When you come into Gillette Stadium, number one, you have to play mistake-free football. I've seen a lot of good teams come in here, and and they've had us worried. They've had me worried because I know they're good teams. But when you come in here and, and you try to go touchdown for touchdown, as soon as you see a team give up a touchdown for a field goal here at Gillette, it's like, yeah, that doesn't it doesn't work here. That's number one. Number two, crucial, stupid penalties and horrible special teams play. I've seen so many games decided where teams come into town here and they've lost their games because their special teams just played horrible, left them with poor field position. That's number one. Number two, it's just stupid penalties. I've seen teams, they come in here, they've, you know, like the Texans, they've come in here, they jump off sides, or they just do stupid things to just give the Patriots more chances to just be the better team all the time. Um, that's what Pittsburgh needs to do tomorrow during this game. They need to come here. Well, they, they, I think they arrived already. I think they, they got here at 4 o'clock this morning. I think they're already here. Um, weather is nice. Weather should not be an issue here an issue. Um, at, at all. Uh, we're at 40-plus degrees here right now. We've got March temperatures here. 
we do have a nor'easter that's supposed to be kind of on the way, but I, I don't think it's coming until after this game is going to be over. So I don't think weather's going to be an issue. And to be honest, Pittsburgh plays in this the same weather as we do, so I don't think we, weather would be a factor anyway um, if this was to happen. Um, but as far as this, this team goes, is that the Patriots are healthy minus Gronkowski. Um, but I'm expecting Bennett to step up and have a good game. I'm expecting this game. I'm expecting LeGarrette Blunt to be the deciding factor in this game. I'm, I'm expecting it to be special teams and LeGarrette Blunt to be the guy. You guys have had some issues trying to stop the run. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has not been playing well on the road, so he really needs to step up. Um, nobody's throwing, nobody all season has been throwing the Malcolm Butler side of the field. I'm pretty sure you guys are not going to test, uh, Malcolm Butler in an AMC championship game. Um, so we're going to see what happens there, but you know what? I still, I still like my pats to win this game at home. Um, the 12th man's going to be rabid tomorrow. Um, and like I said, we're one game away from giving, from giving Roger Goodell the big FU and we've been waiting two seasons for this. And I think, I think that's our goal is to just have our best season yet. And this would be one of the most best seasons ever. You know, you look at the numbers, uh, Tom Brady missed four games and yet he's still at the top of almost every friggin' list with four games gone. And that's just amazing. And I know a lot of people hate the Patriots, but if you're a true football fan, you cannot say that that's not amazing for a guy who missed the first game of the season. Listen, I agree. I agree. And, and, and I also agree that we have to be mistakes-free. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're going into an enemy territory. That's generally true anyway. Mm-hmm. But, again, I tell you something. You know, we find a way to win. Mm-hmm. And we've got the killer bees. And you talk about special teams, there's nobody, nobody like our kicker right now. Two mm-hmm. times this season, within three weeks of each other, six friggin' field goals each. Mm-hmm. I mean, our our special teams play has been very, very good. Roethlisberger is as tough as ever. And you've got to admit, you know, I always think he's really underrated. Um, and, and the reason for that is he's not – I hate to say this. Uh, well, no, I don't. Screw it, because – uh, he's not a pretty boy. He's not a pretty boy. He never was. He never will be. You know, mm-hmm. Brady to me is a pretty boy. And, and, and I, what I mean by that is if we get, if we get the pressure on him and we make him, uh, 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 we collapse that pocket and we go after him, and we get him, mm-hmm. that's going to be, that can be a deciding factor too, to rattle him. Because well, you're right. Because. Well, they, well, I did see a statistic yesterday on ESPN, and they had mm-hmm. said that Brady under pressure is three and two when he's gone up against teams where they have just got at him. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers is a good team; they can get at the quarterback. So the offensive line is gonna have to step up. Um, which, if that's the case, I could see them giving up the tight end play tomorrow so they can protect Brady. That's why I feel like you're probably going to see a lot of LeGarrette Blunt. Um, if you can't stop Edelman tomorrow, you've got a problem because that's going to be their option. If they, if they have to pull back on that tight end spot, they're going to have to go to Edelman. And here's the other worry that you have to have is that Michael Floyd edition. That Floyd edition has been 
that was key. And that and that shame on Arizona for letting that happen. To be honest, <laughs> you know that's 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 a that's a deal right there. You know, you know the, the, the thing about it, and, and and I certainly, you know, wish you guys the best, but I still want you to lose. I understand that. <laughs> I want it to be a good game, but I'm, I'm telling you, don't discount us. Whatever you do, because that's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. It's a big mistake because because I'll tell you something. Pittsburgh fans, we were talking about fan bases earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're probably the most loyal fan I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason I say that is I now live in New Jersey. There is a bar not five miles away from me that I can go and be surrounded by Pittsburgh fans. Oh, man. In Jersey? In Jersey. Oh wow! There they have they have bars and stuff like that in every major city, including New England. Really? Yes. I'd have to know where that one is. I'd have to find out where it is. And I know I'll, I'll find it for you. They they have a list of them. I I have to go to Steelers dot com. Yeah, but I'll I'll give you I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, because um, I know the Patriots when they were out in um. Arizona, um, there were some people that posted there was an Arizona colony of Patriots fans that were out in Arizona and they would they had the the game on there. So yeah, it's nice yeah, to see and, and I'm, I mean this, this this is the type of fan base and, and we're we're extremely loyal. Mm-hmm. And we don't and, and again, we don't care if we win or lose. You know, the pirates, baseball just going there for a second. We're under five hundred for twenty years. You think I, I, I jump ship? Mm-hmm. No way. And no matter what happens tomorrow, I don't care. I'm still a Steelers mm-hmm. fan. I'll always be a Steelers fan. And, and and I know you'll always be a Patriots fan. And for that, I give you credit. Mm-hmm. I think it's bad taste, but I still give you credit. Well, I have to. You know, I have to be honest. I have to be honest with you because back in the day, before I before I figured out what team was going to be my favorite team, um, back in the day when I was very very young. My my favorite teams in the NFL, my my number two team was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was a big fan of Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris and those guys. I was a big fan of that team. Um, and, you know, I remember the, the whole immaculate reception. I remember, you know, I was there watching that game when that happened. You know, and it's just one of those things where, you know, I started becoming a Patriots fan around the time of – of uh, Steve Grogan and Sam Band, you know, the, when these guys, when the AFL thing was starting around, and it was just, it was actually really around the strike period too that I really became a pass fan because right. I was a big Doug Flutie. I was a big Doug Flutie guy, and Doug Flutie came here when the Pats were on when they were on strike. So that was one of those yeah. things that you know, I became very interested and in, was watching the Pats then, and you know, then they had their first Monday night game and. You know, then I really became a fan there, and from there, and I've been a loyal fan ever since. But be- before I became a solid Pats fan, the 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 Steelers was one of my favorite teams. Um, and then I was a Cowboys. I, you know, I really liked the Cowboys. And then I was a huge Joe Montana guy, big big <laughs> Sam Fran guy back in the day. But 
those were those were my teams. But you know what? Like you said, you have to come in here and to be honest, the Patriots, same thing. Patriots have to play mistake free football. Um, one of the best things I did see during Bill Belichick's press conference this week was, you know, or, you know, we have some of the funniest press conferences because we we must have some of the dumbest reporters up here in New England. You know, you've been dealing with Belichick for almost twenty years now. You know what kind of questions that are going to get you out of this being a dumb reporter. And right. the first question someone asked this week, the reporter comes up and he says, uh, and I'm like, why would you even ask Belichick this question? Because you know you're going to get lambasted. But he says, oh, well, you know, this week the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming at home, are coming here. They, they're coming here. You guys got the home field advantage. Could you please explain to us what it's like that, you know, to have that 12th man and have that, that, that advantage? And Belichick just answers in this classic, just monotone fashion. Tell that to Casey in Dallas. He says, players win yeah. games, not fans. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, just just knock us down as fans. Here we are. We're all getting pumped for this game. You know, all of these people are going to be at this game. are like, yeah, we're going to be there to help Belichick out. Belichick just comes and stomps everybody. It's like, players with the game fans don't. Mm-hmm. Well, he's right. <laughs> he's right. He, I mean, he it, it can be a factor, but, but you know what? <clears throat> it has to be dependent on the team that you're playing. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the thing I will say about Pittsburgh this year, okay, we did very well at the beginning. We had a four-game losing streak. We thought we were out. We played Baltimore. Okay, the Ravens, you talk about hatred? Oh, well, that's a, God. That's always a dog for the game. Which you you know, and that game was a bitch. And then the mm-hmm. game with Cincinnati was a bitch. The that's game awesome. with KC was a bitch. I got to ask you. We... Yeah. You're, you're, I got to ask you this. You're a Pittsburgh fan. And I, and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, Cincinnati has always been like the Patriots. They've always been that gum on the bottom of your shoe in the AFC, Cincinnati. But for some reason, whenever I see that Pittsburgh-Cincinnati matchup, I'm like, that's a game to watch. <laughs> for some reason, yeah. that game is always a dogfight. That game, it's like Cincinnati, no matter – they could suck all year long. If they have to play Pittsburgh, they're, it seems like they're always a but different that, that, That's the point about that division, okay? Mm-hmm. Anyone who plays Pittsburgh, that would be Cleveland, that would be uh, Cincinnati, that would be Baltimore, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a dogfight. I'm telling you, if, if, if the New England Patriots were in that division, you wouldn't be nearly as good. Oh, okay? here we go. Because, no, seriously. <laughs> I agree. I, I I believe that. And the reason I believe that is because it's a true blue, blue collar thing, mm-hmm. a, a town and teams, and they just go at each other, man. They are freaking dog fights, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing is, the the thing is, I have to explain why we hate Baltimore so much. So back in the day, we hated Cleveland. Cleveland was only ninety miles away from Pittsburgh. So right. Pittsburgh fans would go to Cleveland. Cleveland fans would go to Pittsburgh. We hated each other. Then our Modell decides to, to to leave Cleveland and go to Baltimore. Oh, I remember that. You know, oh, 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 I okay. remember that one in the middle of the night. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. There are Cleveland fans that got arrested by going to Art Modell's uh, a grave and pissing on it. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we hated... Baltimore even more because they took our beloved, uh, uh, hated uh, Browns away from us. And mm-hmm. we had to travel more to get to Baltimore, you know, and, and, and that motivated us. And then when Cleveland came back, 
and became part of the uh, 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 NFL again in our, in our division. Yes. The uh, mayor of Cleveland sent the uh, 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 sent the petition down to Pittsburgh, and two hundred thousand people in Pittsburgh signed it for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now we hate Baltimore even more. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, oh. and I, I've, li- I've lived in Frederick, Maryland and worked at this company called Music and Arts. And I'm telling you, it was split down the middle between Pittsburgh and Baltimore fans. And we would go at each other very kindly. I mean, you know, it wasn't ugly or anything like that. But mm-hmm. man, it was, you know, we just do not like each other. And there is nobody in that division that likes anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's always we, been. We all hate always- each other. Yeah, it's always been that way, and it was the same up here for the AFC East, but unfortunately, and I'm not going to lie, the Patriots have benefited in the last few years. We've benefited from the fact that the AFC East thought that Rex Ryan was going to be this guy to take Belichick down. The Jets tried it. It didn't work. Friggin' now he's up, he was up in Buffalo, and Buffalo's realizing he's not. You know what? So we've got – we luckily have had – two franchises who assumed that Rex Ryan was going to be that guy to help them take Belichick down. I knew from day one that Rex Ryan was not going to be that guy. He was never going to be that guy to take Belichick out. And these, these franchises have wasted their time, their money on a guy who has pretty much sunk both franchises. Uh, The Jets are still trying to come back from the salary cap nightmare that he's left them with. By signing people that he should have never have, have signed, um, you know they stole um, what's his name from uh, Revis from us, and we were like, go ahead, let him right. go. We we knew what was going to happen when he got that money. We knew, go ahead, let him go, and they did. And what happened? He showed up to training camp, freaking twenty pounds overweight, and Darrell Revis looked like Darrell Revis, the continent, not island, out there in the secondary. Right. So you know he, you know, and then you had this whole thing with Rex Ryan. You know, he goes and gets his brother uh, and brings his brother over, Rob. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, it's just this, just, he's just been a bad coach all around. And yeah. I know, he, I know he's a 500 coach, but again, you know, we, the, the Pats in the last, out of that 20 year reign, out of, out of 10 of those years is because thankfully we've had this thing with the Jets and this thing with Buffalo. You, you know, and I, just, I will have I to am, say, so. I, I have to say something. I'm not a huge Belichick fan, mm-hmm. but that being said, got a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. I, I still think there's some issues, and we will, you know, we sort of joked about it with Fugate and so on and so forth. I think there, but you know what? There's issues with us too. So, so you know, the, what I wanted to, I'm going to have to get out of here in the next five to ten minutes. But I wanted to touch two things with you. What did you think of the whole thing? With Terry Bradshaw uh, talking about our coach. And, and oh, he called, he called talking about the, 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 the cheerleader well, comment. You know what? Can, can you go over that again so people know what you're talking okay, about? So, 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 Terry Bradshaw on, on the NFL pregame or something with uh, uh, said something about Tomlin. Well, he's just a cheerleader. That's all he is. He's not a really good coach. He's just a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And he, he backed away from those comments. And he said, well, what I meant to say is he's a motivator, which is a much better terminology. But I'll right. tell you what. I, I, think, I think Tomlin's one hell of a coach. 
and, and I think you've got two of the best coaches uh, in the NFL going at each other tomorrow. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yep. Well, I know you had you had a little bet you wanted to put out there, but I'll give you my my thoughts on Tom and these comments that you were talking about. You know, I I I feel, and I'm a big fan of Terry Bradshaw since Terry Bradshaw's been on Fox. I'm I'm him and Howie Long and James Brown. I love those guys. They are the best in my book out there. But, but for some reason, Terry Bradshaw. And I hate to say this. Sometimes you know when guys get old. And they get no filter, and you and, right. you're, and you're watching this transpire in front of your eyes when you see broadcasters start to get not senile, but they get that that elderly no filter. I think I it's not as good this. as when as I was growing up. Gonna, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's becoming where you can see these guys are on TV every week. You look up to them, but you can see when these older guys are starting to get a certain way, you know. And I I've seen him and Jimmy Johnson go at it. Oh man, hardcore. Oh yeah. Um, and Strahan, but yeah, he, this isn't the first comment that he said though. He's had this comment about Tomlin. Um, there was about three weeks ago I was watching, and um, Jeff Fisher, um, yeah. he right out and made and, and made this motion like he got on a, an invisible phone, and he's like, "Up, oh, Jeff Fisher." Uh, uh, he's like, "Yep, you're out of a job," or something to that effect. And even Jimmy Johnson, who usually has something to say about everything. Even he cringed when Terry Bradshaw did that. So um, I'm pretty sure behind the scenes, they're telling Bradshaw, hey, you got to kind of think about what you're going to say. You're on a, you're on a live format. And I feel, I, like I said, I feel like Bradshaw is that old guy who's starting to just, his no filter starting to kick in. And we, may, we, we very may well see Bradshaw gone in the next year or so uh, from Fox. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, <laughs> Because I love him, but oh, listen, listen! Every moment that you love him, I love him even more. Remember this: he's such a he's such a part of the Steelers. That's never going to change. You know, I just found yeah. it rather disconcerting. You know, well, that he would say that about right, Tom. Right? It's, it was a, it's a wrong choice of words. Uh, I've. I'm a big fan of Tomlin. I've been a big fan of Tomlin. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that, that you know they want to bring the race factor. I'm like, there's no need to bring race factor. He's a good coach. It doesn't matter what color he is. He's a good coach. You know, the he was, and I believe he was your defensive. Was he defensive coordinator? What, what was he on defense? Yeah, he was, he, yeah. he was a defensive, defensive coordinator. Yeah, it was defensive coordinator. Yep, and he took over that team and made that team his team. And he, and people, you have to applaud it because a lot of coaching jobs in the NFL here today. Gone tomorrow. Not many guys can keep their jobs. And look at Rex Ryan. He's an above 500 head coach. We just talked about this. Yet he's already been with three franchises. Rex Ryan. So Tomlin Grant. Okay, that does bring up something that I need to bring up. Pittsburgh Steelers. 1969 Chuck Stone. Okay, and then then Cowher and then Tomlin. Three coaches in over Almost fifty years. That's a good franchise. That's a good franchise. One ownership. Yep. You know, that's a the most franchise. steady uh, franchise in NFL history ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Patriots just you know. to be are right behind you. Yes, right and that's you. true. And Kraft, Kraft does a good job. Again, I don't exactly like the stylism, but then that's okay. 
Yep. You know, and you I've know, said we're, this. We're, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, I, I was just going to say, don't particularly like the stylism, but that's that's the whole thing. You're allowed to have different styles and different ways of doing things. And that reflects, I truly think that reflects the area that you're in. Pittsburgh is a no-nonsense headbutt, rush it down your throat, blue-collar town, blue-collar team. I love that about Pittsburgh. You know, uh, New England, a little flashier, a little more, more uh, um, uh, you know, metropolitan perhaps or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but but that works for you guys. Mm-hmm. And, and can I just say, uh, I was just going to say, and that also goes with the Red Sox or all mm-hmm. your teams. I think they all reflect. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, we're, we're very, it's a very proud city, and I'll tell you, you know, the movie Patriots Day just came out, and that that movie really defines New England fans and New, just New Englanders as a whole with what happened here on Patriots Day. That that right there defines what New England's all about. Um, and it's funny you talked about, you know, we talked about a good a sign of a good franchise, and you know, there's a lot of talk up here about Belichick possibly being gone or whoever or is Bel. You know, the press is already saying that. Belichick's going to look to get rid of Brady at the end of the season. Well, Brady's always re- redone his cap and stuff, so he stays here. But my opinion of this team is is that is that right now you have Belichick, Brady, and you also have Bob Kraft. But in the wings, you have Josh McDaniels, who left here and realized that things aren't better. The grass isn't green on the other side. And you have Jonathan Kraft, who's Bob Kraft's son, who's been there from day one since he bought this team. And then you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Are we going to yeah. keep Garoppolo? I don't know. Let's see what happens. But my feeling is is that Garoppolo knows the system, Josh McDaniels knows this system, and Jonathan Well, see you next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to the booth at hoovazoo.com. Please make sure to tune in for more Booth next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. New York Eastern Standard Time. Become a fan on their Facebook page and check out their podcast on iTunes. The Booth is hosted by Sinister One, Z-Man, and Ken Diesel. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics instead. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home.